Mind and the Motorcycle Naked News, Year 2, Volume 80, April 26th, 2022. I am a lone voice in the universe. Uh, the first thing I want to do, and then we'll just get you know right to the news and start with climate. I got some interesting um, you know metrics for for this, and um, there were a lot of people that listened to um, the last news uh, podcast. So I was really shocked at at the numbers. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've been doing what I'm always doing, but I mean there were really oh my gosh it was like wow. Great numbers. So thank you very much. I really, I really do appreciate it. I'm going to assume it's not a typo. Computers don't make typos. Let's get to the news. And as always, we start with climate. Uh, three advocacy groups published a report last week ranking social media companies on their efforts to ensure users can get accurate data about the climate on their platforms. And they found that major companies like Twitter, and Facebook are failing to combat misinformation. Uh, the report is entitled, In the Dark, How Social Media Companies' Climate Disinformation Problem is Hidden from the Public. And it was released by Friends of the Earth, Greenpeace, and an online activist network called Avaz. Despite half of US and UK adults getting their news from social media, Social media companies have not taken the steps necessary to fight the industry-backed deception. This is in the report. In fact, they continue to allow these climate lies to pollute users' feeds. So um, it's, it ain't helping, folks. Um, another quote, misinformation on social media can really slow down the clean energy transition. And that has just as dire life and death consequences not just in terms of climate change, but also in terms of air pollution, which overwhelmingly hits communities of color. And that's a quote from University of California, Santa Barbara professor, Leah Stokes. Um, she, and she told that to uh, NPR. Uh, a group of climate campaigners toward the end of last week blockaded the entrance of a printing plant in New York City in an effort to hamper the distribution of the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and other corporate-owned newspapers. And they were doing this to protest their failure to cover the planetary emergency with the frequency it deserves. Uh, the activists were operating under the banner of Extinction Rebellion, which I have talked about for the past couple of weeks. And they stressed in a statement that the blockade was targeted not at individual journalists, but at the board of directors and senior management at these institutions that determine what to include and exclude in each publication. There must be they must be clear about the extreme cascading risks humanity now faces, the injustice this represents, its historic roots, and the urgent need for rapid political, social, and economic change. And that's according to the, uh, the activists. Uh, last quote, this includes more front page coverage of the climate emergency. Uh, President Biden, re re his reported plan to protect old growth forests, which help combat uh, global temperature rise by storing planet heating carbon, is grossly inadequate, according to one climate advocacy group uh, the end of last week. 
Responding in a statement, Food and Water Watch National Organizing Manager Thomas Meyer declared that President Biden seems to think that we're celebrating the first Earth Day in 1970 rather than in the depths of the climate crisis in 2022. Protecting forests without addressing the root cause of the climate crisis, namely the continued extraction of burning of fossil fuels, will do very little to slow global warming. Um, and that's uh, more from, uh, what's the dude, Thomas Meyer. Uh, over 20 advocacy organizations are planning a nationwide fight for our future mobilization this coming weekend. They're demanding climate action from the Biden administration and, and uh, Congress. On the heels of Earth Day, demonstrators plan to gather in Washington, D.C. and communities across the United States to reiterate the necessity of pursuing bold policies to combat the fossil-fueled planetary emergency, citing the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC report, released earlier this month. A quote from Sierra Club President Ramon Cruz. The latest IPCC report made clear that we not only have an imperative to address the climate crisis, but also the means to do so. Doing so just requires, requires the political will to make transformational investments at the scale and speed the crisis demands. Um, I think that's bullshit, quite frankly. And there are a lot of people in the climate movement um, who predict all these dire um, circumstances and then kind of say, oh, but, you know, we can turn on a dime and we can fix this. So um, I agree and then I disagree. Um, some international climate issues. A spring heat wave is scorching parts of India and Pakistan with record-breaking April temperatures of 120 degrees Fahrenheit forecast along the border of the two countries in the coming days. The extreme heat threatens the health of millions of people as well as the harvest of wheat at a time when climate change and the war in Ukraine have sparked global, a global food crisis. It's become impossible to work after 10 o'clock in the morning. This is from, according to Sunil Das, who works as a rickshaw puller on the outskirts of Delhi. The climate change and the catastrophe is not some, uh, I don't know what you would call it. it. It's here. We're living with it now every day. More of the climate. More than 8 million people are currently under fire alerts with areas, with areas across New Mexico, western Texas, and portions of Nebraska and Wyoming under critical fire risk. It has been an extraordinarily busy start to the fire year in the south and southwest with more than, get this, 19,000 wildfires reported through the end of last week. And that's according to the National Interagency fire center. Um, the human cost? The developing world is at the brink of a perfect storm of debt, food, and energy crises. That's according to Rebecca Grinspan, head of the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. Guyvin said, um, beep, 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 uh, yes, I'm so sorry. Um, elevated levels of socioeconomic stress amid the COVID-19 pandemic and the unremitting cost of the climate emergency uh, 
Global exposure to this crisis is counted in the billions of people in living, uh, living in over 100 countries. And that is according to Rebecca Grindspan. Uh, nearly one-fifth of humanity, 1.7 billion people, live in these countries of which more than 500 million are already poor and 215 million are undernourished. With global inflation soaring, driven by a supply chain crunch and price gouging, both occurring in a context of highly concentrated corporate power following decades of neoliberal globalization and a systemic debt crisis underway, instances of civil unrest are brewing in all corners of the world. That is more of a quote from Grindspan. And I kind of highlighted it and, and, and put arrows um, along that and just wrote, uh, think about it. Um, the unrest in the world is going to continue as the suffering gets worse. What, uh, there is no mystery. And we're going to stay with uh, the climate and the, and the price it is exacting from those people who simply can't afford it. After three consecutive years of almost no rain, the East African country of Somalia is in the grips of the worst drought in more than 40 years. Experts say conditions are so dire for the nation's 16 million residents that a famine threatening millions of people is fast approaching. A famine could be declared in some parts of the country in the next few months. And that's from Abdi Rashid Haji Noor, the Somali country director for Concern Worldwide. And I got a note, again, I've scribbled notes on these pages. The human suffering doesn't seem to matter in the news, and it doesn't factor into climate news. All we talk about, again, is the science and carbon dioxide and methane and, and the warming temperatures, but we don't talk about the suffering that it is causing amongst the people who can afford it least. And I have more on that subject. More than 448 people have died during South Africa's devastating floods. This is according to government officials as the country moved to deploy the military in the affected eastern regions, and that's according to Fox News. Despite pledges of relief, there are concerns that the government funds will not reach victims of the floods. A, pro a, a probe by the country's special investigation unit had previously uncovered widespread corruption in state funds that was supposed to help the nation respond to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, sometimes the money is there, and so are the pockets. Um, some kind of interesting news regarding the UN, uh, Russia, and the Ukraine. Uh, this past week, uh, the, United, the UN chief uh, arrived in Moscow for an in-person meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin and other officials. Ahead of his meeting with Putin, Secretary General Antonio Guterres held a press conference with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, who said Tuesday <clears throat> that NATO nations were risking World War III by continuing to flow arms into Ukraine. Guterres said that he came to Moscow as a messenger of peace to try to save lives and to reduce suffering. 
Following a very frank discussion with Lavrov, said Guterres, it is clear that there are two different positions on what is happening in Ukraine. He added, according to the UN, in line with the resolutions passed by the General Assembly, Russia's invasion of, U of Ukraine is a violation of its territorial integrity and against the Charter of the United Nations. And I wonder um, what's happened in the past uh, with the UN coming down on uh, the US and its transgressions and how the country has ignored uh, the borders and history of the countries they have decided to go to war with. Just an aside, folks. Uh, slight bit of good news. Environmental and indigenous rights defenders uh, earlier in the week welcomed their Brazilian court ruling that will continue to block a Canadian company from building what would be the South American nation's largest open pit gold mine in the Amazon rainforest. So the, the ruling affirmed a, two, a 2017 ruling that found that the company failed to adequately consult with indigenous peoples uh, on the social and environmental impacts of an $800 million project located in the Volta Grande do Zingju region in the state of Para. Okay, uh, I mean a little bit, a little bit of good news. Um, let's talk about money and oil. Uh, research out the beginning of the week reveals that CEOs from 28 of the top oil and gas companies enjoyed a combined 394 million bucks in total compensation in 2021, in, 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 uh, including through eye-popping bonuses that together topped 31 million bucks. The executives made an average of $1.6 million more per year in 2021 than in 2021, than in 2020. I'm sorry, that's according to Accountable US. Among the CEOs signaled out in the analysis are Exxon's Darren Woods and Marathon Oil's Lee Tillman, whose 2021 compensation included bonuses of 3.1 million and 3.5 million, respectively. Completely on the other scale in terms of oil and gas, listen to this. Scores of people were killed in an explosion at an illegal oil refinery in southern Nigeria. The Nigeria Security and Civil Defense Corps said in a statement that the fire had led to, quote, to the death of women, men, and children in the hundreds, adding that the remains of some victims were burnt beyond recognition. Emergency response teams have counted 109 bodies, and I'll bet you that's on the short side. So this is the other side of, you know, oil and gas and corporate millions. Um, people in Nigeria, children being burnt to death. Um, little less important, I suppose, uh, much more uh, white collar. Rights advocates, public health experts, and media critics were among those uh, on this past Monday who, war who warned that the purchase of Twitter by mega-billionaire Elon Musk the world's richest person creates a direct threat to democracy and the common good by putting the outsized power of the social media platform used by hundreds of millions worldwide into the hands of one man. The social media company accepted Musk's offer to purchase Twitter for $44 billion. 
good quote here from journalist Anan Girit Haradas said that by taking over Twitter and claiming he'll protect the platform as, quote, the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, Musk is, quote, doing is what, is what plutocrats have been doing, branding themselves the solution to the very problem they are and that they have created. So it's really kind of a, an, an interesting, uh, you know, kind of issue. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't see it working. Um, God bless the power of ego and the buck. Uh, a little talk about unions. Leaked footage of a video call in which Starbucks billionaire CEO urges managers to step up their efforts to thwart worker unionization is yet another sign of the company's growing desperation. And that's according to uh, labor advocates. Um, it's, the unions are really making some headway at, uh, at Starbucks and Howard Schultz, the billionaire CEO, uh, ain't happy. Starbucks North American president, Rosanne Williams, also appears um, in this video that I referenced. And she's telling managers that it's their number one responsibility to do your role to ensure that employees, quote, get balanced information about what's going on. Boy, is that a crock of shit. Um, I, I'm just so happy to see that, um, that unions seem to be coming to life. Um, it's one antidote uh, for the incredible amount of uh, money and power in the hands of so few. Um, military money. Global military expenditures surpassed $2 trillion for the first time ever last year, with the United States spending more on its war-making capacity than the next nine nations combined. And that's according to some new data that was released earlier this week. The Stockholm International Peace Research Institute reported an all-time high of $2.1 trillion in worldwide military spending for 2021. It's a seven-tenths of a percent increase from 2020 levels. Even amid the economic fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic, world military spending hit record levels. And that's according to uh, a senior researcher, Diego Lopes da Silva. Um, and uh, who is he with? Ah, he's with Stockholm International Peace Research Institute. The acronym is S-I-P-R-I. Tori Bateman, Policy Advocacy Coordinator at the American Friends Service Committee, a Quaker group, said that, quote, this year we've seen how military spending fails to keep us safe. It's shameful that governments, especially the United States, continue to destabilize our world with more weapons while failing to address climate change, public health, and other global crises. Um, right below that, I have written, amen. South Carolina's highest court last week issued a temporary stay blocking the state from carrying out what was said to be its first ever firing squad execution. It has been more than a decade since the last firing squad execution in the U.S. The state of Utah carried out all three such executions in the nation since 1976. Firing squads? 
killing people. Um, uh, okay, um, we're easing kind of we're easing out a uh, little talk about life and free press. Scientists may have found proof of the oldest life on Earth, and that's according to new evidence that life on Earth may have begun as early as 300 million years after Earth first formed, keeping in mind that um, Earth is supposed to have formed 4.5 billion years ago, and this would mean that what has been discovered as life occurred 4.2 billion years ago. And the thinking up until then has been Oh, it was three and a half to 3.7 billion years old before um, there was any life detected. So it's just kind of interesting. And um, it's at least 500 billion years earlier than projected. Um, these numbers are, you know, they're um, a bit crazy. Um, and I kind of have a feeling that there was probably some kind of meteorite um, back uh, four plus billion years ago that whacked the earth um, and dumped some D, some N, and some A, and that was the beginning of life. Uh, I want to talk briefly about Julian Assange, um, and then we're kind of out of here. A British judge last week officially approved the U.S. government's request to extradite WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who faces espionage charges for publishing classified information that exposed war crimes by American forces. Uh, the judge's new and widely expected procedural order is the culmination of a drawn-out legal battle, and it places the final decision on Assange's extradition in the hands of the UK Home Secretary, Priti Patel, and leaving the WikiLeaks publisher with dwindling options to fight his removal to the US, where he could be hit with 175 years in prison. Uh, I've got a quote here. Publishing information that is in the public interest is a cornerstone of media freedmen. Media, <laughs> media freedmen. Oh, there's a Jewish girl I know, media freedmen. Um, publishing information that's in the public interest is a cornerstone of media freedom. Uh, that's a quote from Agnes Calamard, who is the Secretary General of Amnesty International. Quote, extraditing Julian Assange to face allegations of espionage for publishing classified information would set a dangerous precedent and leave journalists everywhere looking over their shoulders. I think journalists everywhere are looking over their shoulders and have been for quite some time. Um, and I, Julian Assange is, is one of the stories that um, I always, always want to cover. And I always save it for, uh, you know, last um, in the podcast right before uh, the poem. And uh, we're, it's poem time. And I got an interesting poem. It's by Liu Tsung Yuen, uh, who was around from 773 to 819. Uh, and he was a Chinese poet and prose writer of the Tang Dynasty. Um, he was also a Buddhist dude, uh, which is why I have included this uh, short poem. So uh, let me read it to you. Sandbars free of overnight clouds, village walls lit by the morning sun, a pristine pond encircled by trees, last night's rain scattered by the wind. Happy having nothing to do, my mind becomes one with all this. 
Um, so um, God knows I'm trying. Um, and um, I want to thank you very much for, for listening. Um, um, I love the flubs. Uh, it just means um, I'm human and uh, very much so. Um, I really, really appreciate your taking the time to listen. Um, I was thrilled with last week's numbers. I don't know. Uh, I am, I'm just doing what I'm doing. So um, do me a favor. Um, if you've gotten this far, uh, please, uh, please share this uh, news with friends. Um, you're just, I don't know, uh, you ain't going to hear it anywhere else. And um, I just feel so privileged to be able to do this um, on our behalf. So um, until next week, same time, same station, God bless.